Hallelujah. So the uh, the last uh, Bible study there on Friday, and I know our men, we did that one already, is about Gideon. And uh, I happened to be upstairs in the nursery on Friday, and uh, I, I watched Gideon as well. And if you want to have a really good laugh, get Veggie Tales <laughs> and watch the story about Gideon. It's hilarious. Uh, the way the guy talks, uh, the guy, the vegetable talks to the, uh, to the angelic being, it's hilarious. It gave me a fresh understanding, literally, of some of the thought process that would have gone through Gideon's head. We just read the black and white and say, well, that's just the way. Can you imagine somebody coming up to him when he's in the wine press and he's freaked out? And then he, he, he has a fleece, and he figures, well, uh, can I ask you for a second fleece? And, and uh, you know, and I, I just enjoyed it. I thought it was amazing. Um, hallelujah. I had something funny happen. I, uh, I had more people compliment me and thank me for my sermon last week than I have when I start jumping up and down and wave my hands and yelling and screaming. And so I'm trying to figure that out. Um, but if you missed it, I, I'd highly recommend you listening to it online. And there is at the back of the church we have, um, I talked about goals and setting goals and smart goals. And uh, at the back of the church outside there are some 8 by 11 pieces of paper that give a little bit of a spreadsheet on helping you understand what goals and, and setting realistic goals and, and goals that, that make sense. For instance, saying you want to be a nicer person this year isn't really a great goal. <laughs> well, for some of us, yes, it's a really good goal. <laughs> but to say, I'm going to hold the door open for one person a day is more specific. I'm going to smile at somebody when they say good morning to me. That's more specific. Um, so, so there's aspects of setting goals that sometimes we set goals and we don't set them very realistically. Um, so um, I hope you listen to it. And that in mind, and I'm not going to get through it all today, so this week and next Sunday I'll probably be speaking on a very similar thing, but I want to talk, what makes goals work? What makes a goal work? Because having a goal isn't enough. And I want to show you some things from the Bible that, that I think are key and that are valuable and necessary to seeing a goal work and being established. And uh, if you can turn in your Bibles, I'd like to, I'd like to look at a couple things today and... Uh, if you could turn, we're going to start in Psalm 91, and we're going to take a few minutes this morning. I want to whet your appetite, and I want you to get thinking about this this week, but if you turn to Psalm 91, 
I want to show you something that I believe is crucial and critical in helping you achieve your goal. It's the word called routine. Routine. I'll I'll speak on this today, and I'll probably get to it next week as well. This week, Pastor Daniel, he said, hey, you should listen to this CD. And it was from a pastor friend of ours from Houston, Texas. Uh, His name is Pastor Gary Alanese, a good good, uh, covenant brother that we've been introduced with and met through our relationship with Dr. Brown. And when you sit down and have coffee with him, he is just like, you say go, and he goes. And he's passionate for the kingdom of God. And he preached and he taught on seven things to do before 7 a.m. I failed it immediately (laughs) because I get up after 7. So I thought maybe eight things before eight. Um, But what he shared was so practical, so powerful. And so I've actually adapted and adopted some of those. But before I get into all of those things, I want to give you a picture from the Word of God. One of the most important things about setting goals was that you keep God in your goals. Don't make a goal without having God in the goal. I don't care if it's losing weight. I don't care if it's making better money. I don't care if it's being more prudent with your money. I don't care if it's about being friendlier to people. Always keep God in your goals. Always. He is the most important person in our lives. So I'd like to show you a passage of Scripture, and I'm just going to give you a few thoughts on on it, and I want you to, to write these down. Because I think this will help you understand a little bit more about routine and developing a routine. Is everybody in Psalm 91? I want to read the whole passage. If all you hear is the word of God this morning, I've done my job. Because the word is life. If all you hear is the word of God, I've done my job. So listen now. And when I finish, you can close your ears, catch your Z's. (laughs) He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I love how definite God is. If I wrote that, I I might have written, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High might just be able to, possibly, maybe, perchance, abide near and around close to the shadow of the Almighty. But when you read the Word of God, it is definite. There is a definite word, and there's a definite, uh, clear, concise, accurate Word of God. It is not confusing. If, If you read this verse and you do this verse, you will receive the benefit of this verse. It is as simple as that. 
You say, well, you can, can you take it out of context? If you take the word of God and you apply it properly and correctly, you'll never take his word out of context. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall, say shall, shall, not might be, you shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That is the requirement for routine. That's the requirement. If you say, what is my routine? Dwell in the secret place of the Most High. You say, well, how how does that have anything to do with goals? If you want to have goals, but you don't include God with your goals, you're going to miss it. You may accomplish some great things, but you're going to miss the ultimate thing of the relationship with God and seeing the picture of what God has for you. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. That is yours and my responsibility. Next week, I'll probably give you some practical thoughts. Time management. Huge. Huge. How many hours are there in a week? 168. Have you ever sat down and written down how many hours there are in a week, how many hours I sleep, how many hours I work, how many hours I travel, how many hours I eat? Have you ever done the equation and said how many hours are left over? Do that this week. Do that this week. And if you want, do it for the five days that you work and then give the weekend. But if you look at that and you go, well, that's too many hours left over, then just do the whole week and say, okay, I'm just going to say I work six days a week. But you'd be amazed at how many hours are left over in a week. One of the the simplest tools, he who dwells. Dwelling takes time. Dwelling is not pitching a tent and saying, I'll see you later. Dwelling is building a foundation and staying there. I'm on verse 1. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. I will say of the Lord. Say this with me. Because that's what the word says. I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. In him I will trust. Do you believe what you just said? I'm just going to let that one sink in for a bit. Anybody here need a refuge? Anybody here need a safe place to hide? You say, well, I can't hide. I'm a, ble-. a refuge is like a hiding place, a secure place. Has life pushed you around so much that sometimes you're just like, I just, well, I shouldn't have that mindset. No, it's okay to hide yourself in God. That might mean that you're actually doing some work out there and getting the devil a little agitated. I mean, if you think of it that way. 
Sometimes I think we just don't do enough for God. I'll get off of that one, okay. Surely he shall deliver you. Thank you, Lord. From the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Did anybody here have nightmares? Anybody here ever had nightmares? You don't have to say you have them now. I know that might be a point of weakness. But if you ever have a nightmare, it says he takes care of the terrors at night. When you go to bed at night, you can say, Lord, I thank you that I'm going to have good dreams tonight. He's not a scary God. You're not going to be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. I mean, he takes care of the night and the day. Nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand, oh, a thousand may fall at your side. (laughs) A thousand may fall at your side. And if you think it's good to do it one person, and ten thousand at your right hand. Wow. And then you imagine what happens when you get together with people. It doesn't just add, it multiplies. And it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. God does not want you to explore and endure and have to look at the reward of the wicked and live there. He wants you just to look at it and say, that's the reward of the wicked. He doesn't want you living there. We sang, we have a good father. In Psalm 34 that, that Ariana read, I, th- I saw the word good about two or three times. I did not see the word bad. Because you have delayed, made the Lord, who is my refuge, even though most high, your dwelling place, Because you've done that and you've made him your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. No evil shall befall you. Look at somebody and say, no evil is going to fall around you. No evil shall befall you. Amen. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Man, I think when we get to heaven and God takes a strip away and he says he's going to let us see it in angelic high definition, um, we're going to see the angel. I think my angels have been pretty busy. I got a lot of thanking to do. He's going to give his angels charge over you. To keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone, a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. Talked about the name of God. 
He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. If you read Psalm 91, memorize Psalm 91. Walk around and say, no evil's going to come around here. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to look at and I'm going to see what's going to happen to those people that don't follow God, but it ain't going to happen in this place because I've got the Lord and He is my dwelling place and I have made my habitation where He is. If you do what verse 1 says, you can read the rest of that chapter and see what He does. I've got one, two, three, four, five things, and they're all with the letter P because if you know me, I love alliteration and I love things that stick and I love to make it real simple. So I've got five things I want you to see from Psalm 91. And this has to do with routine. If you want to see goals established and do well, establish the routine of spending time with God. You'd be amazed at how much better your goals will be. You'd be amazed at how much better your day will be when you spend it with... I, don't, I have found a crazy thing that happens every once in a while. Don't ask my children, don't ask my wife, but every once in a while I get irritable. Okay, you're not supposed to laugh. You know. Every once in a while I get irritable. I've noticed that. I've done a self-assessment. And as I have assessed my reactions, I have found oftentimes, most of the time, just about every time, or if I was to use biblical language all the time, I have not spent time with God. And not spending time with God and David being irritable are almost the same thing. And I have found when I spend time with God, the irritations don't bother me. Those things don't seem to affect me. Because my first thing in my routine, the first thing I do in my routine, and there's, Pastor Gary, I said, had seven things. I'm not sure I'm going to give you all seven. But the first thing I see in my routine is spending time with God. And you don't have to spend an hour. Spend five minutes. Find out what is the best time to do it. But spend time with God. When I met my wife, and we were in grade 10 or 11, it was so long ago, I'm allowed to have a bad memory, but I think it was grade 11. I just was turning 16. And as I got to know her, I had a curfew of 11 o'clock. I would leave her place in Aldergrove, and it was about an 18-minute drive, (laughs) 17 minutes and 48 seconds probably if you were exact, but, you know, they didn't have Google Maps at that time. So it was like an 18-minute drive, and I had to be home at 11, but I had to see this beautiful lady as long as I could. And so I would push the limit, and I wouldn't leave at 20 to 11 because 
I had two more minutes. And I think, oh, that's, that's good sound effects. I mean, <laughs> but the more time I spent with her, the more time I wanted to spend with her and be around her. And the curfew, and what happened is that time shrunk, and I got very efficient at driving a car fast. I won't tell you how fast, but I thank God is with me. But what I'm saying is the more time you spend, you grow in love with the Savior. And you start, that chapter alone, you read this chapter, and and you take the promises of Psalm 91, and you write those down. You number them, and you just say, that's one chapter. (laughs) One chapter. And there's 1,189 chapters. There's a whole lot more in the Word of God. And I'm just looking at this going, wow. Wow. Is he not a good father? So, back to my propensity to use the letter P. Thank you, Olivia. I can trust somebody to get my jokes or my puns. The first thing I want you to see is presence. And it is our responsibility to get into his presence. This morning was amazing. I, I, I get carried away in worship. I, I get carried away in worship. And I'll tell you something. You don't just have to come Sunday morning to experience God's presence. Learn how to foster it in your house. Learn how to foster it in your car. Learn how to foster it everywhere you are. And there's, there's amazing worship. Get some worship. I, I actually found myself singing this morning in the shower. It was pretty good, too. Um, I want you to see there's protection. In His presence, there's protection. And if you want to write down where to find that, verse 3 and 4. Protection. I like being protected. There's peace. As I say that word, I just saw it drop. There's some of you here that are unrest and you're fidgety and you're and I just speak peace right now. In his presence There's peace. Verse 5 and 6. In his presence, there's perspective. Perspective. Verses 7 through to 10. Isn't it amazing that when we spend time in his presence, he gives us perspective of what he is doing? And it's almost like he says, Son, Come here. And then he takes you and he lifts you up and he says, now look at what I'm doing. Spending time in his presence gives you perspective. This is part of the benefit of routine. I believe in routine. I believe champions thrive and excel because of routine. I believe it. I have yet to find very many champions that don't have the hardest regiment of exercise or disciplines around. They do more 
than everybody else. The next one I see is provision. Provision, verses 11 to 13. He will provide for you whatever you need. And it's not always money. There's more than just money as to what he provides. It says in the Bible, he provides his beloved sleep. And the last P that I have there is in his presence is power. Power. That's verses 14 through to 16. There's power. So in his presence, I see protection, peace, perspective, provision, power. And by the way, that is not just me. I got that out of a study Bible that I have. So I didn't rack my brain too hard. Get good study material. It saves you, it saves you a lot of having to try to figure it out yourself. Um, but there's protection. There's peace. There's perspective. There's provision. There's power. To me, one of the most important things about routine is getting into the habit of spending time in His presence. I have found, and I'm not an expert, and I don't do it enough, but I have found it grows. And I have found if I just spend one day, I get, I get a benefit. But it's like the benefit increases and increases and increases and increases the more I get into that habit. The more I spend time with him, the quicker I hear his voice. The more I spend time with him, the clearer I understand his voice. The more I spend time with him, the, the, the things open up and understanding comes quicker. And don't, don't just say, well, I'm going to spend time with Jesus Monday morning. I'll give you five minutes, Jesus, God. I'll give you five minutes. And if you don't show up, Tuesday's mine. Don't do that. Not a good idea. Take five minutes. Start a routine. I'll, I'll, I'll share with you next Sunday some more thoughts about developing a routine. Because I, I think it's crucial. I believe believers should be smarter than non-believers. I believe you should be the smartest person on your job site. I believe you should be the smartest person in your office. I believe you should be the smartest person in your workshop. Wherever you are, I believe you should be the best because you, have a, you are a believer and you have an unfair advantage called the Holy Spirit. And you need to learn how to spend time with Him in order to be able to experience that unfair advantage. Because if you don't spend time with Him, you're going to be the most miserable person in the office. But you spend time with him, and all of a sudden something's going to happen. There's going to be a problem arise, and God's going to give you the in insight because you spent time with him. He might. I've heard of people getting answers before the problem came. Develop the habit, the routine of spending time with your Savior.
So I'll spend more time next week on routine. There's, there's a number of other things, but the first thing and the most important thing is to develop the habit of spending time in His presence. That's the first thing. Once you get that, the other things start to happen automatically because you're in presence of dad. You're in the presence of father. You're in the presence where you can speak to him and communicate with him. And all of a sudden, other things happen. And the goals that you establish, if you're still committed to them after January 10th, the goals that you've set for the year 2016, you will see more of them happen spending time with Jesus than you will in years past. I I am convinced of that. I believe God is the most practical person in the world. He he is so practical, it's miraculous. That was funny. Hallelujah. Spend time in His presence. Soup's on. Are you ready to have some soup? Um, we're going to close. I want to... I'm going to read something to you this morning. I asked the Lord, what do you want to do today? And then I wrote down some things and I took a picture of it. Um, I believe God wants to do some inner healing. And when I say inner healing, I believe there's some people here that you've got a load on your shoulders that's not yours to carry. And when I read Isaiah 61, he starts by saying, I got good news for you. And the good news is you don't have to carry that. You can release it. You're carrying things that you shouldn't. Healing, inner healing. In conjunction with that, I saw the word deliverance. I believe God wants to deliver you free you, release you from that thing that holds you back so that you don't have to carry that, you don't have to live there, you don't have, that's not who you are. This is Pastor Nelson shared this morning prophetically the way God sees us. That's the way we need to live. I believe God wants to deliver. I don't know if it's one person or a number. I had another word that came to me was the word strength. I saw strength just overwhelming like an envelope, just hitting somebody and just coming over them. So I've given you three words. I've got one more. Healing, deliverance, strength. And the last one... uh, I'm going to get a little embarrassed. The word stress. Hmm. 
but I got to do what he tells me. And I'll get embarrassed for him. I don't like to show in front of people. I like to be funny and laugh. <laughs> but he gave me a picture of somebody with stress. And he showed me pulling. So I got to do that. I got to be obedient to what God showed me. So I'm going to pray. You don't have to come forward. Soup's on. God bless the soup. There I prayed for it. Um, but if this identifies with you, I'm going to ask God to bring healing to you. I'm going to ask him to deliver you, give you deliverance. I'm going to have to give, give you strength. And then I've just felt real strong about stress. Well, why don't we pay for the first three? So, Lord, if, if anybody here can identify with that, just close your eyes. And if anybody can identify with inner healing, caring too much, being delivered of, of just the frustrations or the expectations or those things that shouldn't be yours, we're receiving strength. If your eyes are closed, if you would be brave enough to raise your hand, I want to pray for you. Lord, I just speak deliverance, healing, strength right now. In the name of Jesus, I speak with the authority of the King of Kings, and I declare right now that you are free that it is gone now, this very moment, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I saw a picture of stress being pulled out of someone, literally pulled out like a string. And then I wrote, do the action. If there's anybody here you keep your eyes closed and you might feel a little personal. I, I just believe I got to do what God tells me to do. So if you feel stressed, I will agree with what God has said and I will pray over you and I will do an action which I believe will be a faith action and I'm going to just pull it right now out of you in the name of Jesus. So if you need that, just raise your hand right now. Let's join together. Stress. You are being pulled now. In the name of Jesus, I am pulling that out. It is for the glory of God. Stress. You are being piled up like a string behind me. You are no longer going to bother those individuals, but they are stress-free in the name of Jesus. I declare that, and I release that, and I pull that out in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We receive that.
Amen. Do you receive that this morning? Your assignment this week, should you acquiesce and choose to accept it? I'm using Pirates of the Caribbean and Mission Impossible language. Is to read Psalm 91 every day. Psalm 91 every day this week. That is your assignment should you choose to accept it. Speak it out loud. Faith comes by hearing, not by thinking. Faith comes by hearing. Speak it out loud and see what God will do. Amen? Soup is on. God bless you. Let's have a great time with some soup.